this moment that you are building your church. So today we understand, O oh God, you said you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We understand that more than a building, you are building a people on the earth that carries your very DNA, that carries the very essence of who you are. So we ask today, O oh God, and we declare, build your church. Build your church, Lord, that we know that the gates of hell will not prevail, that we will proclaim your truth even in our generation. This is our prayer this morning. Galatians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian. So Christ Jesus, you are all, through Christ Jesus, we are all children of God through faith. For all of you have been baptized into Christ, having clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. There are so many truths in this scripture today, but the important truth that I want you to take today that when, when Christ came, you have been baptized in Christ, you have been clothed in Christ, and when you are baptized and clothed in Christ, he says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, we are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all one in Christ Jesus. No longer divided by ethnic group, language barriers, any sort of thing that would divide us. He says we are all one in Christ. And he says if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Yes. Amen. Come on. Yeah. You are Abraham's seed. seed. Amen. Yeah. What does it mean? It means that not only are you out of the family of Abraham, but you also become an heir to the promise. Come on. Yeah. Say I'm an heir. That means every promise God made to Abraham is a promise also to you. Amen. That means God is establishing you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring your sons and daughters to you. Bless them. For those that are joining online, for those that are even in the house today, I pray, you, oh God, may the atmosphere in this place be heavy with the very presence of God. Father, we declare today, Lord, an open heaven over this house and over the lives of your people. We say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Just have your way, uh, your way and your will in us. And we come today and we declare today, build your church, Lord, that the gates of hell will not prevail. Oh God, against your people and against your church, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for all of you that have come out today with this trusting God. We'll have a great time in God's presence. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. We've come to praise God with us this morning. Give him all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise your name, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yeah. We're blessed to be a blessed. Amen. There's a river right now.
for what God is about to do in your life. That even in your thanksgiving, you create a prophetic platform for the supernatural to manifest in your life. So praise Him already for what you believe in. The Bible says, call those things that are not as though they are. As, so today, I ask you to begin to prophesy to your future into the present. Say, God, I'm trusting you that you are doing it. Now, as scripture says, eye has not seen, no ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store. And I want to assure you today, God is turning things around in your favor. Come on. God is turning things around in your favor. You need to be able, we sing the songs that God has given us authority. That whatsoever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. He gives us the keys to the kingdom. And so today we pray it will become a reality in your life. Today we pray for those that are not well in body. If you will just take your right hand, place it over your heart. Right now in faith. 
I speak to your body. Be healed. I speak to your body to respond to the word of the Lord that says, by his stripes, I am healed. So whatever the, 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 the diagnosis is, no matter what the sickness is, we know it's flu season and a lot of you have been struggling with flu. Right now we speak, be healed in the name of Jesus. We declare that your body is responding to the word of the Lord. For some of you, it may be a challenge with, with an organ or a different part of your body. We speak to that part of your body, to the joints, to the muscle spasms, to the pains in your body. Right now, we ask of God this here. Every organ is revitalizing itself. Every system is coming into alignment. Every infection and inflammation is drying up in the name of Jesus. We join our faiths together. We sing the song of you believe and I believe. And we together pray the Holy Ghost must come. So we believe in you today as a point of, of contact. You place your hand on your heart and say, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Everything's coming into alignment. For some of you that it feels like it's chaos and it feels like there's just so much happening right now. And you feel a little un, out of control. Jesus is Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. May peace come over your life. May restoration come over your life. God is doing it. We bless you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done and all that you continue to do. Now, Lord, as we get around your word, we believe that the entrance of your word brings light and life. Speak to us, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thanks to worship team. Amen. Amen. There's some exciting songs. Amen. Yes. He picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior. Amen. It's only him that can change our lives around. Amen. amen. You can smile a little bit through that mask. When you smile, I see a little glisten in your eye. And then I know you're smiling. Amen. Amen. Uh, just not the steam from the mask going up, making your eyes tear, but amen. But we, we pray that the day will come when we can just begin to worship God without all of these restrictions. And we know it's, it's going to come. Amen. I want to talk to you. We've been talking on the, the kingdom of God. And uh, I want to speak today about the counterculture. That I believe that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is counterculture. That means it's, it's opposite to the culture of the world. Amen? Yes. And so if we want to understand the, cult the culture of heaven, we have to begin to read it in his word. Now, in the book of Galatians, I read it today, and the portion that comes in and says, when you are in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, but we are all one in Christ. Understanding this identity in Christ is very, very important for me. And it's important for every believer. Because there is so much that discriminates. And there's so much that emphasizes differences amongst us. That we, we forget to understand that we are using these this limitations of the world. And the thinking of the world. And we're defining the church by it. That means if you live according to the system of the world. Your identity is hidden in the system of this world. You would not understand who you are in Christ. So I want you to understand if you're part of the kingdom of God. Ron Canoli sang a song many years ago. Uh, uh, don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? I'm so glad I'm a part of the kingdom. Amen. And, and the whole aspect of it is that understanding this kingdom, we also have to understand that there's a culture in the kingdom that is contrary to the culture of the world. So there's a conflict. 
there's a conflict between the culture and the system of this world and the system of of God. And if you follow the system of this world, then you're going to be challenged by the what the system affords you and allows you and dictates to you. But if you're part of the kingdom of God, wow, what a life. What a life. There's freedom. Jesus says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Now, if you are based on the system of this world, you cannot enjoy the, king, the keys to the kingdom. That means, if you are living in one house, and I give you the keys to my house, and I say, you can have any access to it whenever you want to. What benefit is the keys to my property to you if you're already, already occupying another space? You can't occupy two spaces at one time. Come on. Yeah. In the natural, you can't occupy two spaces at one time. In the spiritual, the Bible says you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. While we're here in the church, we can operate in that dimension, but it's a spirit dimension. But the reality is that is we, are, we are restricted by the limitations of this life. So he comes in and he says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. That means there's not about your race group, your culture group, your ethnicity, your language group that is important. He says, when you're in Christ, all those things go away. In the kingdom of God, there's no Indian, African, white, colored. Is it? sons and daughters above. It's not about your language group. I'm French speaking, Portuguese speaking, German or Italian speaking, or Zulu speaking, or Hindi speaking. Amen. We are part of the kingdom of God. There is only one culture in in, in the kingdom. And the culture that is in the kingdom is that we're part of the kingdom of God. I want you to understand, he goes on and he says there's no, no longer slave nor free. In those days, if you were a slave, you were part of the, you were owned by the owner. So he comes in and he says, whether you're the owner or you're the slave, the reality is in Christ, you're the same. You're equal. If any time the world had an understanding of equal was in the last year. In the last year, we realized whether you were rich or you were poor, we all were dealing with the same things. We all had the same limitations placed on us. Whether I had five cars in my driveway or I had no car and I was taking taxi, I had the same experience. Whether I lived in a mansion or I lived in in, in a house, I was bound by the same restriction. For the first time in, in human history, everyone was the same. Whether you were a first world country or you are a third world country, same. We had the same restrictions, the same limitations. All of it, we, we just say, whether I had money to go and buy in the biggest restaurant or I had money to go buy KFC two-piece. We were the same. Yeah. You all just couldn't buy it. You could feel like it, but you couldn't get it. You could have the resources to get it, but you, you couldn't have it. You had the best car, whether it was a C63 or it was a Datsun 1200Y. It didn't make a difference. What the engine capacity was, what your fuel that you were using in your car, whether you had a scooter, it didn't make a difference. You couldn't drive nowhere. All you could see was your four walls of your house and stand outside and see the sky and your neighbor's house. Maybe smell what your neighbor was cooking. Lucky they weren't cooking Bombay Dak. <laughs> you know, there's a, that's one of the meals if you cook it, the whole neighborhood smells. Huh? So we understood we were all equal. He comes in and says, neither male nor female. That means in God. He says, we are a new creation in Christ. I want you to understand. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17 says it like this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old is gone. gone. What is gone? The old. Gone. What is gone? The old. That means gone. Eh? It means that means it's not dead. It don't exist. The only way it will exist is that if it's not gone. Is it? Yeah. The old is gone and the new is come. come. The new is here. This is the point where we have to understand that we are not based on the identity that the world has imposed. I'm born into a country. All different nations have different forms of discrimination. There's different ethnicities even within different nations. You can go, you can travel, whether it's in India, there's different castes, there's different, there's different communities. Everyone is treated differently based on their ethnic group, your language group, the caste that you were grown up into. So we're not the only country that has discrimination based on an ethnic group. The only problem was we legalized it. Got a problem with legalizing things in this country. I saw there was a cannabis shop right near where I go to buy my bread the other day. Everything is legal. I'm just wondering whether people nowadays are smiling to you because they want to smile. <laughs> but they got another reason to be smiling. You know? So the reality is we're dealing with this thing, but he comes in and he says, We're no longer part of anything, you're part of the new man. The new man in Christ, this new creation. Amen. Come to that place where we, so we're not limited by the world. The world has a different philosophy. We don't have to have the philosophy of the world. If we adopt the philosophy of the world, we won't be able to see our brothers and sisters as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Our kingdom citizenship is not defined by my, my racial, ethnic, language background, the color of my skin. Whether I'm face, whether I'm purple, or I'm chocolate, whether I'm caramel, it doesn't make a difference. Kingdom citizenship is we are part of the kingdom of God. I want you to come to that place. You see, the problem is that if we see ourselves based on I'm Indian, in, 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 in heaven they've got no place for People from Chatra, no section, no corner. It is a Chatra people. But this is Uncle Baba people. But these are some devil. No, 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 no corner for you. You see, the problem is that we identify so much with the culture of this world that there are some colloquial terms that we will use to refer to, to our friends and, our, and the people that are part of us. You know, when we were growing up, we used to use a lot of slang. I used a little bit this morning. I saw some of the people's faces. Just look at me. Amen. But you know, we use certain language to refer to people that are close to us. You know, you say, hey, these are my brass. That means these are my right to die. These are the guys that I hang out with. These are my cousins. Is it? Yeah. You understand it, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's the culture of the world that tells us we like this. What's the kingdom culture? What does God when he looks at you, what does he call you? He calls you son. He calls you daughter. He calls you heir of the kingdom. He equates you to the same level that he equates Abraham, his relationship with Abraham. So much so that he will call Abraham his friend. He call him a friend of God. And in Galatians it says, if we, if, if, if we are in Christ, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs to the promise. That means God calls me friend. He called Abraham friend. He called me friend. God said to him, as, as, as much as the stars are in the sky, so shall your seed be. It's, it's my blessing too. That, that, that it's not only going to be a single generation of generals, but there's going to be multiple generations. And the seed is going to be blessed that way. He said, he said to, to Abraham, open up your eyes. Look as far as you can see the land I've given to you. God has given me territory. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you, God has given you territory. You're occupying some other people's space, but God has given you territory, place where you can have dominion. You know what territory meant? That it is, or, or, or you, they used to call it, in, in, in olden days, they used to call it a domain. And a domain was basically a place which the king ruled over. 
And whenever a king ruled over a domain, that's why the word kingdom, the, the dom comes from domain. That means a king had a domain which he ruled over. And so God is, and today the language he uses territory. So when God has demarcated the territory, and everywhere your foot shall shed, I've given to you. Imagine the size of your territory. Imagine. Come on, come on. You see, some, some of you have placed limitations. No, no, no. Uh, you see, if you if the reason where the limitation comes in, Pastor, no matter what you say, this is who I am. Yeah. This is the family I grew up in. This is our culture group. This is what they say we will do in this nation. No, 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 no. We are part of a supra culture. We are part of the kingdom of God. All we are as ambassadors here. I can only, by limitation, is based on the limitation of heaven. And as far as the domain of my heavenly father stretches, that's the territory that I can occupy. He says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means everywhere I walk in is kingdom land. Everywhere I walk in, I walk in as an ambassador of God. I walk in as a king. You see, you've got to get your identity right. But if you're a little boy from the corner, living somewhere in Peter Marisburg in a small place called Norte. You don't understand kingdom. But if I understand, as far as my eyes can see, how far is your eyes see? I'm not talking about just getting. I'm talking about having authority. You see, you can have a lot of stuff but not have no control of it. But authority means I've got control of it. I exercise, I speak response. You see, that's what happens. If the king of, uh, you know, at, at the days when we had kings and, 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 and countries were ruled by monarchs, whenever the king made a decree, it went through the, all the lands. Wherever the city, even if there was a, a place, the, the, at, one state, at one stage, England occupied most of the world was under colonial rule. Whether it was England, whether it was Kenya, whether it was South Africa, whether it was the Fiji Islands or the or, or, or the Falkland Islands in, 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 in Americas, they, wherever it was, the, the British flag was raised and the, and, the, and the Queen ruled over it. She doesn't have to have her feet in the Falkland Islands or in South Africa, but she was ruling South Africa from Great Britain. How's your heavenly father doing it? Yes. You see, where, where did the queen get the, the understanding of, of, of kingdom and king and domain? From the heavenly father. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The heavens and the greatest of heavens. The heavens is his throne and the earth is his footstool. Hallelujah. God is over everything. But he comes in and he says, you, you, he says from here in, in 2 Corinthians, he says, now regard no one from a worldly point of view. It's clear. That means I don't know you after your race group, your family group, your caste that you came up from, who you are. You know, Gideon came to, when, when, when the angel spoke to Gideon, Gideon says, I am the lowest, in the lowest of the tribes of Israel. That means our family, the tribe is the lowest in Israel. My family in the tribe is the lowest, and I'm the lowest in my family. He is saying that, you know, in in India they have this this caste that they call the untouchables. It's the lowest of the lowest. He says I'm like that. There's nothing. But he says, but God comes in the word and he says, no, no one after a worldly point. Amen. Yeah. And then he goes and says, we knew Christ. We knew him as the man that was walking, the Jew that was walking on the face of the earth. But we don't know him that way any longer. Yes. Amen. Because in Christ, we are all new creation. The old is gone. Amen. So don't come and play the card. Pastor, this is how our family is. This is where we're from. This is who we are. No, no, no. Are you in Christ? Are you saved? Have you given your heart to the Lord? Are you are you are you assured that your heaven is your home? Then you're part of a new kingdom. Amen. No, no, no. We just we do our things. 
we, we cool. No, 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 no cool yet. We kingdom. Yeah. And a, and a being cool is part of the kingdom. Yes, they're cool. But other than that, you don't know us. You don't know. You know when people pick fight. Yeah. You know where I'm from. You know us. You know who my family is. No, no, no. We don't know who your family is. Who your kingdom family? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Your identity is in Christ. It's not about you. It's about your heavenly father. So if you're saying, I know, you know who I am, then you must be talking about your heavenly father. Mm -hmm. Don't come and talk to me about, hey, you know, my uncles. <laughs> you have to come and talk about your heavenly father. Yes. Talk about who you are in Christ. And because of who you are in Christ, this is all different. Amen? So this is where, where it's important. He comes back and he goes in 1 John. Look at this. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. Come on. Mm -hmm. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So, if you love the world and anything in this world, the love of the Father is not in you. For everything that is in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. That means, you know this feeling of wanting to just get, get to get. That's the last of the eyes. How many of us sometimes are just moved by the things that we do? All of us. You know, our eyes are the biggest problem. Isn't it? The old people, you can say, your eyes are too big. <laughs> you know when, they, when they say, you know when, when you're dishing food, especially when you're young, they say, hey, your eyes are too big. <laughs> you know, because you want to eat everything. You know, when, when, when I was young, I never used to think I had sisters, yeah. I had a mother, father. When they were making hot dog rolls, as quick as they could make it, I ate it. <laughs> now I'm paying for all that. I'm paying for all the hot dogs, the six that I was eating, and I was thin. Even the Nash is bigger than me. You know, I was thin then. <laughs> And you could put away, you know. There were days I could I could walk and go to Kentucky, buy around and eat it. You know, if you walk in Chester Center, the Kentucky was the first place you'd be coming from Unit 7. Yeah. Come from Bible school, walk down, buy around, eat with it. Feel nice. <laughs> walk down and go to Mia's <laughs> and buy a quarter bunny. And eat the quarter bunny. By then you're just dragging your feet. <laughs> but you make your way across the hall and you come there by Milky Way. And then you have a big awful awful ice cream. By then you're paralytic. <laughs> your whole body is saying, why? Why? <laughs> and then you walk all the way back to Unit 7 and by the time you get back, you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> your eyes are too big. Some of us have that problem. Our eyes are so big that we want other people. And we use the language, the Christian language, name it and claim it. <laughs> now please, don't drive past, go past Kyle's car and say, name it and claim it. No, I <laughs> Thank you. I name it and claim it. No, he said, no, I got title deed, I'm sorry. Our eyes are sometimes too big. You know, sometimes we, we do not know how to celebrate what other people's successes yes. are. Yes. That's what I mean. Amen. That the only time it's good is when you got it. Yeah. It's not good when other people got it. Be careful. Yeah. That's the, the last of the eyes. You know, we just want everything. One of our biggest problems is we get most trouble because of our eyes. Does it? You and I can have a good meal at home. But tell me, drive past a restaurant. I've got a problem, watch food shows. The worst problem is watching a food show after you eat. Because you get hungry again. <laughs> and I look for snacks. Yeah, you don't have the same problem? <laughs> I watch a show called Feed Film on Netflix. He goes all over. Man, I get hungry when I see him. I said, I like his job. Just tasting food. And people just make food just for you to taste it. That's a good job. You'll never get hungry a day in your life. You'll be the most satisfied, happy person. 
You, you, you understand? But the reality is the last of days. The pride of life. The element of I look at myself and look at all of my accomplishments. And I use all of my accomplishments above everything else. That's what the culture of the world teaches us. The culture is that I rejoice in the Lord. The kingdom culture is I rejoice in the Lord. All that I have is need and as provided. Reaches your faithfulness, Lord. That's when I begin to ascribe greatness to God. It comes to a place. Now, why am I sharing this whole thing with you? In Luke chapter 18, a certain young ruler asked him and said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. Jesus is saying to him, you know all the laws. He says, all these I've kept from when I was a boy. And when Jesus said, heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And when he heard this, he became sad because he was very wealthy. He asked the question, how can I inherit the eternal life? And all of his observance of the law, all of his knowledge of the law, all of him living right wasn't sufficient for eternal life. Go and look at it. Jesus says, if you want eternal life, then, you know, you know what the commandment said, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false testimony, honor your father and mother. He said, he said all this I've done from my youth. Then Jesus identifies the thing, yeah. his issue, yeah. that stopped him. Now, understand, Jesus got no money problem with money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because the scripture says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper, being good health, even as your soul prospers. We know that many scriptures, he says, I make rich when God makes rich and adds no sorrow. So we know the scriptures that God says, I, I, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of good, not of evil. So the reality is God got no problem with money. He says the cattle upon the thousand hills belong to the Lord. Every, so God got no problem with that. He, but he identifies the issue that this man had that affected his salvation. And the issue that he had was his wealth. So Jesus said to him, give away his wealth. Now, it seems like He's asking him a hard thing. But that may have been the thing that was holding him back from eternal life. Some of us, money is not good for us. Not that money is a bad thing. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. It's the love of money. That means I do everything to chase money. If you're chasing money, you won't catch it. I can tell you, many other people have chased it before you. And there will be people that will chase it after you. Don't chase it. Let it come. I believe money is currency. Everything that got a current must flow. Now get comfortable and say, let it flow. Let it flow. Amen? Let it get. You see, the good thing about current is it takes you. You're not chasing it. in your life. That means some of you need to identify some of you are building families, some of you having new families, you're starting up, everything else. Build relationships. Build family, build your homes. Amen. If you've got children, invest in them. Don't say, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll put a roof over your head. Listen, you know, when I come here, I want me time. I was working all, you know, eight hours, ten hours, you were there. Yes, you were working, but you had me time. Now it's you time. Us time. You must figure that out. Figure your stuff out. Because one day your children are gonna grow. Yeah. Then they then when you get older, you know what happens? They say, Yeah, you always want to time for yourself. Now we give you time. <laughs> you go and hold each other. Not out time for yourself. You look at the four walls, talk to the wall, talk to the toilet, talk, talk, talk everywhere. 
Then you phone your children say, yeah, no one loves me. No, no, no. no. That day, you want to meet him? Yeah. This is your soul. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. This is our, our problem yeah. is that my chairman missed me. Hey, when I'm not, hey, dad, no one to talk to you. <laughs> not me phoning him and saying, boy, no one to talk to you. He said, oh, dad, yes. We're all sitting in the lounge together, four of us. Five of us, all on our cell phones, but we're all in the same vicinity. Yeah. Yeah. Who are we talking to? Everyone you know is here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a problem. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I, I asked my family if I see them on the phone and I'm in the house there. Uh, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Oh, that was me time. The last thing. Yeah. Let's figure this thing out. Is it? They also tell me, I said, our oh, marketplace, I'm looking for something. <laughs> 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 but you need to find them. Build yeah. peace. Yeah. Build relationships. More than more than what I can do, you can give your children, give your family, give them you. Yeah. yeah. Put a piece of you in them. So that even when they grow, they'll miss you. Yeah. They want to be around you. They come your house and eat your food. Still. For free. <laughs> like they were doing for all their life. And this time they'll do it with their whole family. They bring their children too. They bring their husband, wife, they come eat your food and you feel happy they're eating your food. <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny thing, but life is like that. Come on. Part of, part of the kingdom culture is learning how to build it. Jesus comes and he identifies the thing yeah. that was affecting his relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus didn't have a problem with money because he goes on in the same scripture. He says it, it, it's easier for a, man, uh, for a rich man, uh, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now we're not talking about a big camel and one you're sewing needle that you used to. So button. There was a place in Israel between two mountains, they call it the eye of the needle. It was a narrow space that you would go through. And it was hard for a camel to go through because camels were larger, but besides larger, it carried a lot of stuff on it. So he's saying it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. Because sometimes we become so big that we've got no space for God. Become careful. You know, one of the, the, the problems is in church. The church is that sometimes people trust God. Hey, Lord, help us to grow, help us to be successful, help us to, you know, to listen. And God's got no problem making you rich. The problem is keeping you in church after you get rich. Yeah. 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 Mm. Come on. Yeah. Because when you got rich, then you got, then you got options. Yeah. And when you got options, the last option becomes church. May you be the kind of rich that says, no, I still love my God yes. more than all this. I'm grateful that he has opened his hand over my life. Amen? Amen. So be, be careful. There's two problems, you know, we have with wealthy people in church. One is they can't be in church. The second thing is, if they're in church, they want to control everything. Yeah. They say, no, no, I, I give more. I can say more. <laughs> See, that's not kingdom culture. That's world culture yeah. coming in. You know? you know the person that has everything in the family? The whole family must bow to them. Mm. No, 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 don't come here. It's all right. Bless you. you know? The culture of this house is the more God blesses me, the more humble I become. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about what God is doing in the young people's lives in church here. Yeah. What God is doing in some of our, uh, the young men and women, and even some of our lives, amen? amen. That means don't feel bad. Mm. If you are bring a Rolls Royce, no, don't feel bad. <laughs> if you want me to drive it for you, I don't, don't feel bad. I, I, I won't feel bad. Right. You, you, you understand? Yeah. Don't feel bad. God's blessing is upon you. Enjoy it. Yeah. But let your love for God not wait mm. because of it. That was, was worrying him. This young man couldn't depart from that because he thought, yeah. I've achieved this thing. Now he's saying me to let it down. Yeah. 
Then the disciples come to Jesus and say, Hey, we gave up everything. Jesus turns around to them and look at what he says to them. He says, No one has left home or wife, brothers and sisters, parents and children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. Hey, it says, God says, I will bless you. But look at what he asked that you gave up. You gave up home, wife, brothers, sisters, parents, children, for the sake of the kingdom. He says, in this life, I'll multiply it back to you. There's, a, there's two things. One, he's asking the man, give it away. He comes back to this other and said, you gave it away, now you get more. Yeah. The kingdom operation is when you give, you get. Yeah. That's the kingdom principle. Amen. You don't give to get. Mm. You don't give to receive. But you give and God will bless. Amen. Yeah. You give to give. Yeah? Yeah. You don't give to receive. Yeah. I'm saying, God, I'm giving you 10 rand, 100 rand. No, no. But you give and it will be given back to you. Press down, shaking together. God says, I will give you many times over in this life. God's about to bless your home. God's about to bless your life. But you've got to understand, as part of the kingdom culture, the kingdom culture was this man thought it was about receiving. Success was going to impress God. No, no, no. It's about letting go. The Bible says, whoever is able to lay down their life, lose their life, will save it. Kingdom culture is counterculture. It's not based on the principle of this world. My question is, what is God asking you to put down? What is the price of your salvation? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Where's your treasure at? If it's a person, people, it's things, material things. Where's your treasure? Mm. He says, don't put your tre uh, your treasure in earthen vessels or in a place where moth and rust can get it. Put it in heaven. Mm. Amen. God's got you. Yes. I'm a, I'm yet to see what God has got in store for you. Yes. Some of you are gonna. There's exciting things about to happen, but you've got to get a principle of understanding about kingdom citizen first. My kingdom responsibilities, my kingdom rights and privileges are more important than anything else. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we thank you for your sons and daughters. We thank you for your word. We pray that your word will challenge us, challenge our thinking, that our, uh, that our, our identity will be hid in Christ. And when Christ is revealed, we will also be revealed. I pray today that we will not live on the standards of the world. We will not live according to the culture of this world but we will live according to the culture of heaven. Father, and we believe that when we obey your word and your principles, your principles and word works for us. Bless us, Lord. Bless your people. Let them have a great week in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.